Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. Who needs the Pro Bowl when you can golf in the Pro Am? Josh Allen. Golfing in the program. Did you see his uh, the lineup there? Did you see that at all, Josh? No, not yet. He is, and I get. I have to go back here and find this again. He's got a. He's got a really bit uh, of a Keegan Bradley. I think it is. He's golfing with. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's fun. I found that I had it here somewhere. Now I can't find it anymore. But pretty cool. I mean, isn't it kind of funny that immediately it's like he. There was never even a thought. It seemed like. I mean, maybe they went to him, but Gardner Minshew is going to the Pro Bowl. I mean, Pebble Beach over the Pro Bowl, I I would choose yes! Pebble Beach. Like, come on. What once, are you doing? And it's not even a Pro Bowl game anymore. It's just a bunch of games. Right. Like, once you've been to one, I feel like you could just kind of be like, all right, cool. I'm going to go play golf with some professionals and, you know, have a good time in the offseason. All right, let's see. Here we go. Josh Allen, hold on. Here is the official pairings of the Pro-Am Josh Allen. Oh, let's see. We got some names here. All right. Um, here's the pro and amateur group. Let's find out a few of these. Greg Johnson, Egan, Doug McKenzie, Alex Smith with Mackenzie Hughes, Josh Allen with, I'm sorry, with Keith Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Keegan Bradley with Tom Brady, Ooh. Keith Mitchell and Josh Allen all together. That's the group. How about that? That's the force. Wow. Bradley, Brady, Mitchell, and Allen, if I'm reading this correctly. That's what it is. Wow. That'd be a golf cart to be in. <laughs> yes. It's going to be cool. So we'll keep on top of that and watch how well Josh Allen does at the Pro-Am. But he's not going to be going to the Pro Bowl. This weekend, you have the NHL All-Star Skills Competition as well. That's Friday night in Toronto. And then the game on Saturday. Apparently, they're changing like the way they do the skills competition. I'm not exactly sure how they're changing it exactly. But... I believe it's something along the lines of only 12 guys in eight different competitions competing against each other. Something like that. So whatever they're actually doing um, should be interesting. Do you watch the NHL skills competition? I used to, and I've gotten away from it in recent years. Um, I'll have to check out the changes they made because I'm not 100% sure what the changes are either. But 
I used to watch it all the time. I loved Hardest Shot. I loved yep. all that stuff about it. It was great. It was my favorite thing to watch as a kid. The game is horrible, though. Now it's not even oh, a yeah. game. It's a, it's that it's that tournament they do with all the divisions and everything, right? That is horrible. It was never really a game, no. if we're being honest. But but hey, it was fun when there were three Sabres there. Yes. That was my shining <laughs> moment, 2007, with Brian Campbell, Danny Briere, and Ryan Miller. It was the best. Sal Capaccio with you here on the Extra Point Show today. Sneaky Joe, he uh, he was in all morning solo, so he's... He, he he deserves a couple hours away here. So it's just you and me today. So let's treat it like it's just you and me and let's do what we do on a, a normal kind of Buffalo football Monday after a reaction show. I'm I'm curious of your thoughts at 8030550 on the moves the Bills made in the coaching, you know, coordinator situation. And now we know Joe Brady is going to be the full-time offensive coordinator. And Bobby Babich is going to be the defensive coordinator. And kind of where you are on those guys and what you think about, you know, what the Bills need to do, if anything, in either of those philosophical areas, schematical areas, anything like that, if you'd like to give a call. But just the roster in general. There needs to be some sort of turnover here, right? And I'm looking at it, really, what I was started thinking about yesterday was Joe Brady's walking into a much different situation than Bobby Babbage. Let me lay it out what I mean. And let's, let's be honest, we don't know. Bobby Babbage is still, he's, it's going to be Sean McDermott's philosophy on defense. I know people say it's also his philosophy on offense. I mean, not really. It's going to be Joe Brady's offense, and maybe that's part of Ken Dorsey's offense, which is part of Brian Dable's offense. I don't know what else to tell you. We heard from Sean McDermott at the end of the year in the postseason press conference that, you know, he's he's a pass-first, throw-to-win guy. So I, I I can't get on board with anybody who says, well, it's going to be he's a yes-man and he's going to run the ball. That's not true. It's going to be his offense, and sure, you're going to still have directives from the head coach in some way, shape, or form. Every coordinator would. But they are walking into different situations personnel-wise. And what I mean is, on the offensive side, really – Everyone is coming back, except maybe Gabe Davis. I mean, maybe not Ty Johnson, but I mean starters. I mean quality contributors, right? Folks, this offense is not going to change personnel-wise, which is part of the reason I think that they wanted to immediately get right back to Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. Meaning, hey, we got this offense. He's worked with it. Let's just go. We we don't want to stop and reset. They don't have to do that personnel-wise. You look at the free agents, the pending free agents in offense, and sure, could they wind up releasing somebody else, making a couple moves here or there? For sure, there's no doubt about it. But, I mean, if you actually look at the offense and the contracts that are up and the people who are coming back, it's not going to change much. They're going to add some parts. There's going to be some competition. You're going to get a Justin Shorter who's going to get maybe a bigger role, a chance to make a dent. You're going to get an Andy Isabella who's coming back to camp on a – um, you know, a futures deal along with KJ Hamler. And yes, Gabe Davis is probably the biggest, it's the biggest name on offense for sure of a guy who might not be around anymore. But if you go, I, I tweet out always at Sal Sports. I always say tweet out. I think it's still Twitter to me. Twitter X, whatever, Sal Sports. And I, I put the Bills roster up all the time, right? Which is, you know, who's a free agent, who's not. The Bills have one equal rights free agent. That's Quentin Morris. So he's colored orange. That just means they have to offer him a minimum salary contract. They can bring him back. So I expect that to happen. But if you look at the free agents on offense, 
Quarterback, a backup, Kyle Allen. Running back, backup, backups, Ty Johnson, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris. And honestly, Ty Johnson's the only one there I'm even interested in necessarily bringing back. I mean, heck, Naeem Himes is still under contract. Hines. Fullback, Reggie Gilliam, still under contract. Wide receivers, still under, <coughs> excuse me, still under contract. Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Justin Shorter. Okay, Gabe Davis and Trent Shurfield are. Then after that, folks, it's just David Edwards on the offensive line. That's amazing. Every other offensive lineman is under contract. The Bills have uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then you have Richard Garage and Ke- they have 12, 12 guys under contract on the offensive line. One not. David Edwards. And you could probably just get David Edwards back on a you know, one-year deal, I would think. Pretty cheap. So what I'm saying is Joe Brady's walking into an offense that he knows who's going to be there. And yeah, he's gonna, they're going to tweak some parts. They're going to add some here or there. There's going to be 90 players overall. So you're going to bring people into the organization. But that's a far different situation than what's happening on the defensive side. Now on the defensive side, I mean, I just talked about having, let me count this again. Hold on. Offensive lineman right now, under contract right now for the Bills offensive line. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. One of those. One of those guys is a pending free agent, David Edwards. Look at the defensive line. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 guys currently under contract. Eight of them pending free agents. Only six actually are going to be a part of the team, you know, officially as we know, in a couple of months. Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Kingsley, Jonathan, Ed Oliver. And then Cameron Klein and Elianku, who they signed to Futures Deals. That's it. The rest of them? Leonard Floyd, A.J. Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, Laval Joseph, and Puna Ford, all pending free agents. Linebacker. I mean, this might be, and you think about keeping Bobby Babich on and what he's done with the linebackers, this might be the most important part and aspect of the team if you by getting Matt Milano back and what that could mean. I, I I sit there and think about sometimes Milano and Bernard in a full season of them together. We we got robbed of that. We had four games. And Bernard really hadn't ascended to what he became throughout the year. He was still he was doing really well. Remember the game in Washington? He was phenomenal. He had the interception and the forced fumble and the fumble recovery. I think it was all that. I mean, so he was on track. But as the season went on, we really got to see what Bernard could do. And now you pair him next year with a healthy Matt Milano. Boy, I think that this linebacking core can be so good. With those two. And look, you still have Dorian Williams, who I think showed a lot of promise. Plays hard, plays fast. Balen Specter, who actually started in a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and then unfortunately got hurt. Like he's on the right track. You can get Tyrell Dodson back if you want. Not sure if he, they're going to do that. They're going to want to do that. But sure, you can bring all those guys back. Cornerback, Tredavious White, obviously the question mark with... Um, you know, his health, but you're pretty good there. Dean Jackson's the only free agent. And then at safety, there's got to be some roster surgery. We want to go back to that term. Remember that from hockey a few years ago? Roster surgery at safety. Poyer, Hyde, not sure what's going to happen with them. Hyde's contract is up. Poyer's isn't. Rapp and Lewis, both contracts are up. So my point is here, when you go into this offseason and you think about the different things ahead for the offense and for the defense, They are facing vastly different situations. Joe Brady, who has the keys to the offense, he's the coordinator, he's the full-time guy now, he's pretty much got everybody back. And, And that, at least, 
if not excites me, it at least doesn't allow me to get to panic mode, where through the last few years, they've had a lot more turnover there, especially on the line. And, you know, they do have to add at wide receiver. We know that. But what's going to happen? Running back, you know, Devin Singletary and his, you know, he leaves. You knew James Cook was going to be there, but what would he be? But what they did last year, the group they have, yes, they need more explosive plays. I feel really good about the fact that Joe Brady's still going to have pretty much all his guys intact, and then they're going to add some to it. On the defensive side, though, Bobby Babich, yes, Sean McDermott's defense, takes over, and there's going to be a lot of decisions. There's got to be a lot of decisions, and you may be looking at turnover, or maybe you get Daquan Jones back at a you know a, a reasonable price, which I think is very possible, by the way, and Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle and Linval Joseph or Puna Ford. Maybe those guys, you bring them back on you know shorter deals, not that expensive. Puna Ford was still a free agent. Really deep. So was Linval Joseph. They got those guys late. So was Leonard Floyd, who was earlier, you know, he was in the offseason, but he was a free agent still late. So you can pick up guys like that. And I always say, for anybody who thinks, well, how are they going to keep Shaq Lawson or how are they going to keep Jordan Phillips? If By the way, didn't George Phillips talk about maybe possibly even retiring? But let's just say he wants to play. I always remind everybody, just remember this, all right? If you don't bring those guys back, you're going to bring back somebody just like them. I mean, that's what happens when you get to the depth in the bottom of the roster. You're not paying everybody. I mean, unless you get a team that says, oh, my God, I got to go out and pay Shaq Lawson all this money to bring him in. I got to pay Tim Settle all this money to bring him in. That's really not going to happen. Now, the Bills did that a couple years ago. Tim Settle didn't really work out. Maybe another team does for a guy like that. But really, Jordan Phillips is a great example of this. Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, to me, are very good examples of this, which is, no team is going to be offering them some substantial amount of contract that you're just going to say, oh, my God, we can't match that, and goodbye. They might have opportunities to have one-year minimum deals elsewhere and feel like it's a better situation, but you know what else? The Bills can probably just do that and bring it back. And if not, you know what else? You know what they're going to do? Bring back guys just like them on one-year deals, minimum deals, to come back and be to, to be a part of a depth group and rotational piece. So I, I think about Bobby Babich coming in, and I, I know he's not going to be changing the scheme. Let's just say, let's just even say he's going to call plays, which we don't know yet. I He's not going to change over the scheme dramatically. He's been in this scheme, which has been very, very good, by the way, that he helped produce three All-Pros over the last four years, Hyde, Poyer, and Milano. He's not going to be changing a whole bunch of stuff with the scheme. Personnel-wise, though, there's going to have to be some changes. There's going to have to be some decisions made. So, kind of just throwing it out there, nothing even specific to you today. If you'd like to join me, open phone lines right now at 803-0550. Is there anything you'd like to see changed, really, on you know, personnel-wise on the offensive or defensive side? And I mean, other than, yes, they need more wide receivers. We know that. They need explosive players. We know that. They know that. They've said that. Right now, the Senior Bowl is going on, right? We're all paying attention to the wide receivers who are out there. And every day, it's a different flair. It's a different guy. It's an explosive guy here. It's a shorter guy there, a bigger guy there, a taller guy here, faster guy, whatever it is. There's going to be a receiver available to them at 28. There's going to be a receiver available to them who might they might want to move up for, like they have the last couple of years in, in the first round, like Dalton Kincaid, James Cook, and what they've done to kind of move around the board. There, there's going to be receivers. There's going to be receivers late. I'm an advocate for tr- making for not, for um, drafting a, a couple of them. 
Joe and I did the exercise yesterday. Under Brandon Bean, the Bills have actually done that. They've actually drafted two wide receivers, multiple receivers, twice. So it's not foreign. It's not like they wouldn't do it. But I think the issue has been, with a lot of you would say, they just haven't done it early enough. You know, like we had CJ call the other day, and CJ calls a lot, and he said, you know, they haven't drafted for offense. But they have. But, you know, we got to the point where what he meant was they haven't drafted wide receivers high enough. They did draft Dalton Kincaid, who's a pass catcher. They did draft James Cook, who is a pass catching running back. He's more of a running back, but he can be a pass catcher. Now you need now you need to go attack wide receiver. And when Sean McDermott talks about player acquisition when it comes to that, that's when I really get the wheel spinning, right? What does that look like? Is that a trade? You gotta take the contract if you take the trade. Right? Or, I mean, you don't have to take all the contract. There's obviously things that you can do with another team. Is it a free agent? I, I just don't know. I mean, there are going to be some free agents out there. Hollywood Brown's been mentioned. Is that something that fits? How much are you paying him? I don't think you have to give him a ton of money. He's been on a couple of different teams. He's had a couple of injuries. Nothing that I'd be too overly concerned about right now. Calvin Ridley is going to be. You saw what Calvin Ridley did against you. I think T. Higgins will be too much out of their price range. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be too much out of their price range. To me, you can't go get these guys. Can you bring in a guy like Darnell Mooney? Maybe that kind of guy. How about K.J. Osborne, who played his college ball right here at Buffalo before he transferred to Miami? Guy like that. How about Kendrick Bourne? I mean, these are the kinds of guys you're probably looking at. There's also a thought that if you're going to get that guy, why not just resign Gabe Davis? Well, because I think Gabe Davis is going to get a bigger contract than people realize. Somebody's going to pay Gabe Davis more than what a lot of people listening think he's deserving and is worth. And that's why I think it's going to be hard to keep him. For Gabe Davis to stay in Buffalo, I think he's going to have to take a lesser, to me, the way I read it, he's going to have to take a lesser deal than what will be offered to him elsewhere. And he does love Buffalo and he'd love to stay here, but that's a tough ask for anybody. And that type of, you you might only get one chance to really get paid, right? And if he has that chance, then good luck to him. And great. And you, you that I, I'm an advocate for that. And you support people and encourage people. Go out and do your best in life. And, you know, you have an opportunity by all means. And if that's the case, then Gabe Davis should take that. And I don't think the Bills are going to have an opportunity or the wherewithal, actually, to be able to keep Gabe Davis based on what, I think he might get out there. It does remind me a little little bit of Tremaine Edmonds last year. We got to this point last year, and there were a lot of people wondering, you know, oh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, what's he going to get in the open market? Could he come back to the Bills? And I always felt, no, there's some team. Some team is going to see his age, his ranginess, and they're going to go, look, he's going to fit perfectly for us. We're going to have him as our cornerstone middle linebacker for quite a while. And sure enough, that's what happened with the Chicago Bears. And in fact, it was right around this time. It was combine week last week. Or last year. It was combine week last year when we started to hear a lot of rumblings that Tremaine Edmonds was going to really get paid and be the top paid linebacker on the market. I think it wound up like that. I think, Josh, if I remember right, Tremaine Edmonds did get like the most money of any free agent. They did sign Edwards as well, but I think Edmonds got paid more than anybody last year. If that's right. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that as like a headline, like towards the end of the summer of like, oh, free agency wrapped up and here's the Yeah, I think I think he did. And I, I, I'm not predicting Gabe Davis is going to get like the most money of any wide receiver. Who is that? Is that Pittman? Is that Mike Evans? 
we talk about Mike Evans. I don't know. Can he afford that? I don't think that's going to happen with Gabe Davis, but I do think he's going to be in the upper tier of guys when it's all said and done, and that's going to be tough. And it, to me, it's just like Tremaine Edmonds. And you just couldn't afford it, and it wasn't going to be something you're interested in. So they, you know, had to let him walk, essentially. And it worked out okay, right, Terrell Bernard. But that's what the Gabe Davis situation reminds me of, which is it only takes one team. It might even be more than one team, obviously. But it only takes one team. All right, today on the Extra Point Show, at 11.05, we will get with Dan Dunleavy. Dan, of course, the play-by-play man of the Buffalo Sabres. It is the Sabres and NHL All-Star break. We'll kind of reset the landscape for the Sabres, what to look ahead to, um, where they are right now. Kind of, it's a, it's a tough spot, right? I mean, what's the goal now? What's the aim? I, I, I know that they would love to still get back in the race to make the playoffs, but it just seems way too far-fetched. But we'll get you know, Dan's thoughts on that and where they stand and what they need to do over the next couple months before the trade deadline, before the end of the season, how everything shakes out, Jack Quinn's injury, what to do about that. So we'll get with Dan. We'll check in on the Sabres at the top of the next hour. Before that, though, at about 20 minutes from now, 1045, I really invite everybody to listen in and especially guys, no offense, ladies, but guys, because we're going to talk with guys getting screened and for cancer and colonoscopies. Yes, we're going to do that with Dr. Brian Betts from Roswell. Just going to spend five minutes with him on why it's so important. It's super important. You keep hearing all of us talk about it, the men of WGR right here on the radio station. You've heard commercials about it. You've heard us talking about it. And we're going to have Brian Betts on here for just a few minutes just to kind of remind everybody why that's super important before we get to uh, Dan Dunleavy at the at the top of the next hour. So uh, Dr. Betts is going to be here in studio with me, and we're going to actually stream that on our Facebook page. So we'll actually have a little Facebook going on today, Facebook Live. It'll be uh, at our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash WGR550. All right, let's go to the phone lines right now. Let's get connected with our fans. Let's go to Tom in Amherst. Hi, Tom. You're on WGR. What's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my calls, guys. Um, yeah. I was just wondering, because the pass rush came out in the beginning of the season pretty good, but then once Daquan Jones and Milano went down, our pass rush, you know, uh, wasn't as good. So what my question is, is do you think with Milano and Daquan Jones healthy, we we won't need to beef up our uh, pass rush for next year? Well, I don't know. I think it was pretty good all year, actually. The pass rush was very good all year. Leonard Floyd was obviously a terrific guy. I think what, yeah, what yeah, you yeah. did, but, but but your point is right, I think, on how you had to change the scheme a little bit. Once you lost Jones and you lost Milano, and obviously you lost Tredavious White, I do think at times, yeah. at times they had to be a little bit more aggressive. I think the ultimate situation would be, Tom, you'd love to put pressure on the quarterback with your front four and allow everybody else to kind of play, right? So I don't know if that was necessarily what they had. I think what the, what hurt them more than anything when Milano got hurt and when uh, Jones got hurt, but especially Milano, was really kind of their coverage at the second level. Milano wasn't there. And, yeah, you can make up for that by having a little better pass rush. There's no doubt about that. But that's the thing. So, yeah, I do agree that, you know, getting these guys healthy. I, I'll tell you, Tom, I just think, I, I don't know, it's hard to quantify. It's hard to say this for sure. I keep thinking if they had Matt Milano healthy even against the Chiefs that might be a totally different game look at how they beat the Bills at the second level with a guy like A.J. Klein running around and trying to catch up with Travis Kelsey right I agree Uh, that's what lost us the game we had no pressure on Mahomes at all 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, it's not, it's not Tom, that Milano is a pass-rushing linebacker. He's not. He can blitz once in a while. It's what he can do athletically to allow other people to get home because he's covering the middle of the field. He's covering the second level. He can be a matchup guy, even on tight ends, and he's done a good job of that over the years, right? So that's really what it is. It's, hey, if I can have a guy, if I can have another guy in coverage covering the middle of the field, and I don't have an option, I'm Patrick Mahomes, now I go to my second option or third option, bam, here comes the pass rush. So from that standpoint, yeah, I keep thinking about Milano and Bernard and what they can be together. And by the way, they're going to be together for the next couple of years at least. I mean, Milano signed his extension last year, which puts him in Buffalo for four more years, now three more still. He's still got three more years left in his deal. And Bernard's still on his rookie contract, which doesn't expire until after the 2025 season. So if you want to think of something really cool, these are guys that won't even be at 30 years old yet. Obviously, Milano a little bit older than um, than Bernard. What is, is Milano? Let me just look at Matt Milano's age right now because I think he could have been 30. I think he's going to be 30 soon. He's 29 right now, right? So, yeah, he's 29 right now. 29. He'll be 30 this offseason. But, but, man, I, I don't think anybody's worried about Matt Milano at 30 years old, right? He's still – look at what Fred Warner's doing at his age and playing at that high level. But Milano, too, even though he's coming off the injury, it's a kind of injury where a broken bone – he only played four games last year, essentially. He's going to have a pretty fresh body, I think, right? And that'll keep some off Bernard, too. So I'm just really excited about what these guys can do going forward and what their linebacking core can look like. 803-0550, if you want to jump on board, do you have any comments, questions about what the Bills have done at coach at their coordinator positions? But there are a couple other, still several other questions to be answered now from the domino effect of... Bobby Babich as DC and Joe Brady as OC. So let's talk about that when we come back. I'll get to that here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ukulele speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster tempur-pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details
Bobby and I have been together a number of years, going back to our time together in Carolina. And, you know, his dad was with us for a number of years here. And good family. Bobby's a good coach. He's developed players. And I think when you evaluate a coach, it's are you taking what you have and making it better? It doesn't get any need to get any more complex than that. And Bobby's done that. Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, right there. And by the way, we are now live on Facebook, so you can check it out. We're going to be live for the next half hour. Dr. Brian Betts going to join me here in a little while after the next break. Next time out, we'll, um, we'll have a message out there for all you guys. You've been hearing us talk about it here on WGR. And make sure you get screened. Make sure you get those that colonoscopy and, and be knowledgeable about you know going forward. So we'll do that. It's a very important message uh, from us here, the men of WGR, from Odyssey and from Roswell Park. So we'll make sure we do that. In the meantime, taking your phone calls, but check it out. Facebook.com slash WGR550. Sal Capaccio with you here on the Extra Point Show. That was Sean McDermott right there talking about his relationship with Bobby Babich. Obviously, Bobby Babich comes to Buffalo in 2017. So, And I've talked about this before, in case you don't know. Of course, he is the son of Bob Babich, the longtime defensive coach who was also with Sean McDermott for quite a while. Bob Babich, the, the, the dad, you know, he was actually a defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears when they went to the Super Bowl with that group with Brian Urlacher and Devin Hester and you know that group they had, and they wound up losing to the Indianapolis Colts. Remember, Hester returned the opening kickoff for the touchdown. He was the defensive coordinator for that group, and he was so well-respected in, in coaching and by his own players. This is Bob Babbage Sr. Brian Urlacher actually asked him to induct him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, that's the kind of family lineage bloodlines we're talking about with a guy like Bobby Babbage who then, he starts his coaching career in, what, 06, I think, at Kent State. He was a, a grad assistant, very young. Goes through the ranks. He was actually in Carolina, I believe, while Sean McDermott was there very briefly. And for a little while, for a couple of years, goes to the, back to the college ranks and then gets hired by McDermott in Buffalo in 2017. And he's working with safeties. And obviously, we know how that went. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, right away. Bam. Have a couple All-Pros after a couple of years. Then his dad retires. He moves to linebackers. And I remember... A couple years ago, when Bob Babich retired, Bobby was named the linebackers coach. And there were so many people who couldn't wait to scream nepotism. <laughs> well, you're not going to go outside and look. I mean, yeah, he had the same last name as the guy who just did it. But he's also a really good coach. And why shouldn't he be denied an opportunity? Or either if he wasn't going to be linebackers coach, he's going to stay safety's coach. And they still had to hire somebody else for safeties after he moved to linebackers. So whether you hired a linebackers coach that didn't have the name of Babich or not, you were still going to hire somebody somewhere at one of the spots. So it didn't make sense. It's just what people do, right? So couldn't wait for a lot of people. I <clears throat> I read a lot of people right away screaming and complaining nepotism. Well, hopefully now you see why he was the right choice to move to linebackers to replace his dad. And that knowledge his dad could give him about Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano and about, you know, the defense obviously mattered. And then what happened? Matt Milano in his first year under Bobby Babich becomes an All-Pro. Second year Babich, Tremaine Edmonds has the best season of his career. He winds up getting paid last offseason. And then last year, obviously, what happened with Terrell Bernard. So I think that Bobby Babich is a fantastic young coach. But there are questions of, is he going to be ready to be a first-time coordinator? And when you have a ready-made defense, and I say that because... This is a defense that has been near the top of the league in most metrics and statistical categories and yards and points and all that for several years now. And you have 
a Super Bowl window. You're trying to win a championship. You have veteran players there. Yeah, they're getting a little bit younger some places. You have a coach who, it's his defensive philosophy. When you have that, yeah, you could be the greatest position coach in the world. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a great coordinator. And I hope he is. We all hope he is. And he very well could be. And judging by, I'm going to I'm gonna bank on and bet on Bobby Babbage to be really good at it rather than not. But there are question marks with that, always. And is he the guy? And if he is going to be the play caller, that brings in a whole other element of discussion and whether or not you know he's going to be able to do that. But we'll see. And now the next question is, will he be calling plays? People have asked me, well, if he's not calling plays, what does a defensive coordinator really do? Well, you still coordinate the defense from Monday through Saturday, essentially, right? I mean, that's basically what happens. If you're the, if you're an offensive coordinator who you know works under Andy Reid or uh, Kevin Stefanski, right? Ke- Ken Dorsey gets the job in Cleveland. He's the new OC. You have a defensive coordinator, let's say Bobby Babbage. Let's say he's not going to call plays in Buffalo. Same situation. Well, what do you do? Your job still is the same thing a coordinator would normally do every Sunday night after a game and, re-eval- and evaluating and grading and getting all the position coaches together, and then setting up a game plan, and meeting with those position coaches, and Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and putting all the game plan together. really doesn't change, except what happens is on Sunday, when you play, you're not the guy calling plays. And yeah, I mean, I could see where somebody could say, you know, Eric Washington moving over to Chicago and not calling plays, it's a lateral move. It's not really, it is a promotion, because you are coordinating. You are the coordinator. That is your title, and you're the person in charge that's your unit and if you're the person in charge not calling plays and the unit fails you're still basically just as responsible in the eyes of so many anyway so he's going to have a big role obviously he's going to step up but now what happens to linebackers we don't know who the bills linebackers coach is is it going to be bobby babich is he going to have dual roles here not really sure is it going to be someone else from the outside how about um you know for the offensive coordinator job for joe brady he has the interim tag removed. Who's the quarterback's coach now? Is that going to be Mike Shula? Not really sure. They could go out. Kyle Shermer's on staff. Kyle Shermer played quarterback. He was actually a defensive assistant for a year. He moved over to the offensive side. Maybe he becomes the quarterback's coach. So there's still a lot to get sorted out. And generally what happens here for the Bills, the way they operate, generally what happens is we're going to get to about the combine right around there, and there's going to be some big release about coaching staff changes. There's not going to be some... Now, last year, of course, we heard about Leslie Frazier stepping away right at that point. That was a a big deal. You have the coordinator changes at the top of the chart, if you will, this year. But they will basically at some point put out, hey, this this is the coaching staff for the year. And you'll get some filters here and there about, you know, who's taking over what roles. But not not everything's decided here. And there's still some people on the Bill staff who are in the mix for other jobs. Uh, Cody Harkey, who's the assistant special teams coordinator, was actually interviewed to be a special teams coordinator. I can't remember, maybe the Panthers, one of the teams out there that did that. By the way, Cody Harkey, his dad, speaking of lineage, his dad is the Yankees bullpen coach. So yeah, the Bills actually have quite a few guys on staff. How about Mike Shula, quarterback's coach, former head coach at Alabama, right? There's some interesting storylines, a lot of the Bills and their assistant coaches, whether it's bloodlines, where they come from, where they've been. Uh, In the meantime, one other point on this. I mean, can we please stop with the, everybody wants to leave Sean McDermott? I mean, how about all the guys who've been with him? Bobby Babbage has been here 20, since 2017. He decides to stay. Bob Babbage was here, retired. He didn't walk away to another team. Rob Boris has been here since 2017. Kelly Skipper's been here since, I think, 2018. John Butler's been here since maybe 19. I mean, yes, guys leave sometimes. They go to other jobs. You can even call them, yes, Chad Hall went to a lateral move, even though it actually wasn't. He got to run more of the passing game uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But 
Co- coaching attrition ha- happens in every on every team. Coach coaches move over, they move on, they go to different spots, and people get fired. But also, lots of guys have stayed here to work with this organization under Brandon Bean and under Sean McDermott. We're gonna have Dr. Brian Betts join us next. He's gonna talk to us about why it's so important for all of us guys out there, you guys. So make sure you get screened, get your colonoscopy, why it's so important. I'll share my story as well. We're going to do that for a few minutes. We're going to have Dan Dunleavy, Sabres play-by-play man, on at the top of the hour. So keep it right here. And also you can watch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WGR550. Sal Capaccio with you on a Wednesday edition of the Extra Point Show. All right, welcome back to the Extra Point Show here on a Wednesday. Sal Capaccio with you. We are live on Facebook right now. Check us out see my smiling face make sure my hair is looking good today but i'm going to bring a guest in as well on facebook facebook.com slash wgr550 you've heard us talk about it here on wgr you've been hearing some of the ads we've been running commercials and psas if you want to call them that you've heard me talk about it no the other men of wgr we've partnered with roswell park and of course roswell um, one of the leading cancer centers in the entire country one of the newest focuses in cancer treatment is cellular therapy which supercharges a person's own cells to fight cancer. Now, Roswell Park was one of the first centers to study this new approach, and they're going to be home to New York State's first hub dedicated to the study and use of these exciting new therapies. Dr. Brian Betts is one of the several pioneering experts who've built this approach, and right now he joins me in studio here on WGR. Dr. Brian Betts, thank you for joining me today. Appreciate you coming into studio. Um, we could talk a lot about you and your background, and we'll get to that because you and I are very similar. You're a drummer. You've been in radio. But, man, look at you now. I mean, you're one of the pioneering experts to this new type of therapy. Thank you for being here. What brought you to Buffalo to be a part of this? So um, the main drive to Buffalo was the – so there's a collection of some fantastic pioneers in cell therapy there already. So you got Dr. Brenchens, Rainier Brenchens, mm-hmm. leading it all, you know, the whole the, – the crew there. Um, and then one of my good friends from – gosh – fellowship marco davila uh we've kind of followed each other around the country starting off in new york then down in tampa and then he was he came up to buffalo and was like hey come on out man and so i joined the crew up there um the, so what we're doing in cell therapy is, is is kind of extremely unique to the you know nationally and even internationally um where the focus is on using engineered white blood cells to fight cancer and also potentially some non-cancer uh indications too like autoimmunity um improving outcomes after transplant both liquid transplants we can talk about that and even solid um, organ transplants so a lot of interesting things going on only in roswell park so truly making roswell park a destination for cell therapy and kind of supporting its you know mission as being a hub in new york state why why roswell park what excites you about having it here doing it here what made roswell park so special and so unique to do this well it, it, one is the people that's probably the big one the other one is also the infrastructure and the the science that's available here um so when it comes to cell therapy you have to have the 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 you know uh facilities to do those types of things they have a 20 clean room facility. That's huge. Most places mm-hmm. have like maybe two or three. So that gives us opportunities to make, you know, cell therapy products for essentially all patients that walk in the door, which, which is unique. Not every place has that. And also the, the indication. So if you look at um, what has been approved for CAR T cells or chimeric antigen receptor T cells, that's an engineered um, white blood cell, um, FDA has approved it for diffuse large B cell lymphoma and also for myeloma. There's some other indications coming up, uh, you know, around the bend here. But uniquely, Roswell Park has products coming out for solid tumors, too. So Brenchen's lab has 
this is kind of cool. They call them armored cars, so which sounds neat, but it's also it's a cell that secretes its own cytokines or proteins to, to support their growth to okay. fight solid tumors. So, and that's for lung cancer. Um, we have ones that are coming out for breast cancer. Uh, this is you know wildly unique just to Roswell Park. And the other cool thing, you know, when we're talking about cars um, or CAR T cells, uh, we one unique aspect is we're using camels and sharks as a source of really? binders. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have um, the, the sharks we have, we're collaborating with uh, friends out in uh, Wisconsin. Okay. All of my sharks are named after Bond villains, which is pretty <laughs> fun. Yeah, so... They don't have lasers, unfortunately, but, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. So by doing that, it sounds cool, you know, a shark car, but the, the scientific reason is for some reason, evolutionarily, camels and sharks have better antibodies than we do. They just happen to do. They're, they're, so they're, our antibodies are kind of these big lofty things and um, kind of shaped like a tree almost or right. maybe a big piece of broccoli. I don't know. And then a shark or camelid car are tiny, like really small. So if you're trying to design a CAR T cell that can go after two targets, you can pack it on to, to a cell because they're not bumping into each other as opposed right. to a, a big old you know human antibody. So that's another thing we're working on. So we think by moving to these nanobody car platforms, we'll be able to target solid tumors even better because they, they survive well in the tumor microenvironment. So we're pretty excited about that. One of the things that really impressed me when I did the tour at Roswell and I talked to people like you and other doctors, I mean, truly like now, and I think we, we were probably in a spot where we heard that you could do this someday, but it really is now where you can detect things so much earlier. You can find things out so much earlier. That's why screening is so important it now is, yeah. because, in, and I, I, I say it all the time and people hear me say it. I just turned 50 last year. I've been told, go get it, go do it. And then we partnered up. I went to the facility. I'm like, this is very important for someone like me who I'm 50. I have a young son. I want to make sure that I'm doing all the things right to keep my health intact. I'm so glad I did. It's so important for everybody because you really can get on top of these things much earlier now than ever before. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, same here. Got mine done. So that, that's, yeah. that, you know. Um, and I think I was reading news too that colon cancer is becoming one of the main killers for men under the age of 50, which is extremely concerning. So getting screening is critically important. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. And you, um, you're, like I said, you have a little background in radio. Uh, you're a drummer. I read, is this right? You were like in a punk rock band or you're a punk rocker. Or what, 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 what is that all about? So several, several punk bands over time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's funny cause the, the, the punk aesthetic I think has helped me even in the lab. Okay, how? Yeah, so kind of concentrating on using the powers of weird in, in a sense. So <laughs> I love it. Like for um, graft versus host disease. So this is a complication that affects patients um, after a stem cell transplant. Okay. Um, so basically, what happens is when you have a, when you have a transplant, you're getting not only new bone marrow but a new immune system too, and this immune system sometimes can can cause problems with the patient's GI tract liver, skin, those types of things. Um, we have medicines to help reduce that risk, which is good, uh, but it's not perfect. And we still have to deal with, you know, as, as you dial the, the needle towards re reducing graft-versus-host disease, you actually increase this risk of potential relapse, you know, because you're suppressing the immune system so much. So we actually made a CAR T-cell to fight T-cells, which is kind of a unique way to do it, which is kind of punk rock, you know what I mean? <laughs> I so, um, yeah, so we have this car that, that can go after both the T-cells that would cause graft-versus-host disease and also leukemia, but not affect normal tissues, 
or the um, stem cells, you know, healthy stem cells. So which is pretty, pretty, you know, fascinating. And so great. Do we, did you were you a drummer in a punk rock band, or did you play other instruments or whatever? No, just drums, yeah. Just so drums. I've been, yeah, playing drums, gosh, forever. So yeah. uh, punk wise, uh, gosh, probably several bands. And we actually, so so one of the more recent bands I've been in, uh, we just you still re- play. Oh, I still play. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we recruited Shernan Holton from University of Minnesota. Okay. We used to rock out back in Minneapolis, <laughs> you know, for the past couple of years. So when I got here, I was like. It's hard to find a bass player. So I was like, you need to come, one, you need to come out here because this place is awesome. Roswell Park's <laughs> fantastic, and I need a bass player. Okay. So she's coming out, which is great. Um, we're still looking for a guitarist. So if, if cool. anyone wants to rock out with us, let us know. Yeah, I started playing when I was in like third grade. I'm more of the jazz guy, not the punk guy. But it's yeah, okay. Yeah. I can kind of play anything because once you do it, once you start just you know, hitting it. You're you know, a better musician. You do. there's, 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 yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. But next time I see you... I want to see like the Billy Idol spiked hairdo. We'll do. And, like, yeah. And, like, the, the, you know, have the spikes on your art and your wrist. Is that yeah. like? Is that? Do you do that? Like, I, 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 I'll get like CD thirty four tattooed on my knuckles for stem cell, and it's, it's the main marker of a stem cell. That so was... somebody walks into Roswell and they see a guy like that. Don't worry, it's all cool. Yeah, you're it's, still, it's okay. you're still yeah. doing totally cool things. I'll with take good care. Cancer of Cancer research there, yeah, right? Yeah. One of the other things I really liked about Roswell is um, you mentioned. It. I just want to make sure this everybody understands. The people are amazing. Yeah. They really are, and they make you feel so comfortable at every single step of the way. Um, you know, from even the the physical part and the mental health part of it, everything that you need is right there at Roswell Park, no doubt about that. And if you can kind of just speak to why it's so unique and special like that. Well, you know, so I, I think coming at this as also being a patient kind of helps. So when I was a kid, I kind of lived in a hospital for, gosh, okay. several years, you know. So I, I, I kind of have that built-in experience slash empathy, you know. Like, actually, a good example is that whenever I go to examine a patient, I always say, hey, do you mind if I take a listen to you? And, and one time a patient was like, well, of course, who's going to say no? Like, But, you know, when when I was a kid, there's times where you don't want to get assaulted with a stethoscope. You know, it, it, so little things like that actually kind of go a long way yeah. just to kind of, you know, one, be respectful, but also kind of know what it's like on the other side of the exam table. Um, you know, it's uh, I think that that helps a lot. So having empathy, uh, you know. So it's not just you know a nerd and a you know with a stethoscope and a and a white yeah. coat you know so it it kind of kind of goes a long way and you know having the science part of it too you know because we're, we're we're physicians and many of us are physician scientists meaning we work in the lab which is kind of neat so we can go straight from the from the bedside to you know find what the problems are bring it to the lab fix it and then bring it back to the patients which is pretty unique so okay. you know that's. Uh, you got a lot going on, both on you know just the human side of the thing, yeah. but also the science side, which is unique. And let's just uh, wrap this up by bringing it full circle. Give thirty seconds to everybody listening out there, men forty-five and older, why it's so important to get screened, and you know what they need to do. Yeah, so in uh, screening for several things, so colorectal cancer, yep. get your you know colonoscopy. Um, it, it, it's it's easy to do. You probably want to remember it. It's, I don't remember. I, it was easy for me. I will tell you yeah. that. I didn't know. The stress of thinking about it was way more than actually doing it. Well, the prep. The prep the might prep. have been. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. It, it's it, okay. It's still, still what is even as bad as people say. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then also, you know, uh, prostate cancer screening, okay. also critically important, too. Um, it, it's just it, these are things we can do that are, you know, 
a little bit of time, but they go a long way. And, you know, taking care of yourself is, is critically important, you know? No doubt. Yeah. Take care of those drums, man. Keep it, yep. keep rocking. Keep doing what you're doing. Love what you're doing over at Roswell. We're going to be here with you guys every step of the way and you with us. And we really love the partnership here at Odyssey and WGR. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Brian Betts, joining Thanks. me in studio here. Up next, Dan Dunleavy, play-by-play man of the Buffalo Sabres as the NHL and the Sabres are on their all-star break. Thanks a lot to Dr. Brian Betts. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. To the goal line, Duclair. Out there with Barabanov. It's back to the point. The shot well wide, and now Buffalo can break out. Three on the attack. Quinn drops it. Cousins with the pass. Paterka shoots and scores from the far circle. J.J. Paterka is California dreaming. And the Sabres are up 4-2 with 15.27 to go in the third period. He's not good. And that voice you heard on that goal by J.J. Paterka was, of course, Dan Dunleavy, who joins me right now on the West. Her hotline Sabres are in their all-star break along with the rest of the NHL. Figured it was a good time to kind of reset. Look ahead to what's considered the second half of the season, whether it is exactly the second half or not, and where the Sabres stand and what needs to be done. So, Dan, thanks a lot for doing this today. I really appreciate you, man. Hey, no worries. Reset's a good word. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. All right, well, where does that begin, right? Because obviously this team is in a pretty tough spot. Um, they got a lot, of, a lot of teams in front of them, a lot of points to make up if they want to climb back into this playoff race at all. Now, last year we did see them kind of make that surge at the end of the year, and I'm sure that the organization would love to do that. It's also a spot where if you spend so many resources trying to do that and making moves, you might hurt yourself down the road. So how do you balance out what they need to do kind of going forward here? 
Yeah, it's a good question because you've got a team that you've seen, as you mentioned, uh, go on a tear and, you know, against the exact same peers that they'll be facing. Um, you know, there's not a lot of change when you look at National Hockey League rosters. Uh, if you want to compare them to the National Football League, you've, usually you could go over any lineup and see maybe a couple of role players. And uh, if a team is lucky, they've acquired maybe a, a top-notch goal scorer. But for the most part, you get your core nailed down like the Sabres have, and this is true for most teams. And then you kind of you tinker with your bottom lines and you, you look for those kind of players to – whether it's self-defend a lead or whatever. So, you know, Buffalo's in a position where they've got the same core guys right now, minus Jack Quinn, of course, who's out for a few weeks with that um, injury and post-surgery situation. But, uh, you know, if I, I think if we had the answer to that one, we'd be able to tell you how many points they'd get and what kind of a tear yeah. they can go on. But at the end of the day, from where I sit, I can tell you, um, you know, and obviously being close to the team, but also looking at it from a realistic point of view, do they have the offense that can lead a team to go on a run of six or seven games and win that many games straight um, at some point here in the next week or two, without a doubt? Uh, do they have the completeness of that, you know, from your top six to bottom six uh, to defend as well as score and make sure you keep the puck out of your net and not leave it up to just your goaltender? I think that's something that the group is still trying to grow into that kind of identity. Um, but offensively, I mean, they've got the horses to do it. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. They And as you know, um, you know, in the National Hockey League, it's a streaky game. If you get guys who start filling the net here and getting on a bit of a roll, even though that's what people have been waiting for, there still is runway to do that here. And if they can do it, they can make things interesting. To your point, with the number of teams that you have to also have ahead of you falter significantly – to make up not just a nine-point point differential, but to make sure, you know, you can gain those. Let's say you gain seven of those nine points, but then you need the teams ahead of you to also drop seven of their next nine just to get even with them. So it's um, it's a tough spot. It's a position they put themselves in. Uh, but, again, if, if it turns into a case of do they have guys that can put the puck in the net, sure they do. Uh, I think it's the totality of their game they're still trying to nail down. One of those guys is the guy that we just heard you call the goal on. That's J.J. Paterka. I mean, what a fantastic season yep. he's turning in, right? I mean, he's on pace for about 35, just trying to do the quick math in my head. I mean, that's a really, mm. really nice jump for J.J. Paterka. Unfortunately, his running mate in Rochester now injured again in Jack Quinn. But what have you seen from Paterka? Why has he had this jump? Well, it's interesting. Every time I talk about... Uh, Paterka, whether it's with Razor or anybody else just around our group, I, you know, the first thing I bring up is I wonder if he realizes how good he can be mm-hmm. when he really starts to grow into his game. Because obviously he's so early in his career and he's relying on just raw talent right now. And for him, that's his speed. Uh, I'm not sure if he realizes the full potential of how strong he can be. Uh, this guy is built. He's um, He's got a frame on him that's got to be tough to knock off the puck. He's quick. He can shoot the puck as we see. And I think if he continues to develop a a real fearless attitude about going to the net, he's going to continue to draw penalties like he did as we saw on the California trip. He's going to continue to get scoring opportunities, and it's up to him to capitalize on them. Uh, What's impressed me about him is that he has just kind of done this growth, not without his teammates, but I think this has just been a natural you know, another year in the league, another year figuring out what I can do. And as I just mentioned, I don't know if he realizes still how good he can be. And and that's going to be something that will be interesting to watch 
through the latter portion of the season here, no matter who his running mate is, if it's still going to be, and I would assume, but I, I don't want to assume for the coach, but mm-hmm. you know, Dylan Cousins, I think is someone who he's got a level of understanding with. I don't want to say comfort. I think it's more of an understanding. Uh, I think Dylan's played a lot better of late as well. Agreed. And then whoever you put as the third person on that line, if that is the line that's kept together, the two out of the three, uh, whether it's a Yuri Kulik or a Zach Benson, I'm not sure where they might look here, but um, I just think JJ is a guy that is, I don't know. He's just done it because he can. Now, what's he going to do when he figures things out about, oh, you know, I could literally go here every time and nobody can stop me without taking a penalty or nobody's going to literally stop me from getting to the net. It's just a matter of me getting to finish it. So, you know, that's what I've liked, what I've seen about him. What I'm intrigued about is where is he going to go with this? Because that's really going to be up to him. Yeah, and the guys that obviously had those years last year and haven't had quite the production this year, just mentioned one of them, Cousins, played better as of late. It's yeah. really kind of coincided with Jack Quinn. And then, you know, Tage Thompson, and he's had opportunities, had games, but it's really been the power play struggle, you know, with that, maybe the, the points right there. What have you seen from those guys trying to fight through it to make sure that they kind of get back to the level where they were last year? Yeah, I mean, fighting through a bunch of things, I would think. I mean, Don's talked about it throughout the season, and we know Tage had a little bit of hindrance yep. with his hand earlier in the season. And, um, you know, there are just – when you're uh, when you're playing this game, much like the NFL, pretty much as soon as training camp is over, you're dealing with something, right? Because yep. at some point you're getting hit. Um, some point you're getting banged up. And when you're uh, – I've never been, uh, you know, like a six 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 seven frame to know what it's like to, to <laughs> stay 100% healthy so I can do all those things that everybody marveled at last year for his size and, you know, just growing into his talent. I think what I've liked about Tage's game lately is that in fighting his way back to how, uh, in my opinion, he has to play is remembering that all those dangles are amazing, right? That's highlight real stuff. And it's kind of jaw dropping as well. Again, for every reason I just mentioned, you know, uh, to be able to do that, to have that kind of size and then just dangle guys and walk through them was really cool to watch last year. But the reality and the threat for Tage Thompson to me is yes, the dangling, but it's the shot. The shot to me opens everything up. Um, It's a little bit like everything you talk about with the bills. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what else opens up that aspect of the game that allows Josh Allen or the bills, whatever aspect of their game to be successful. So for me, what I've liked about Tage over the last little while on the power play is he gets the puck. He shoots it. Now it's the responsibility of everybody on the other side of the ice to make sure that you've locked down the boards on that side, because as you know, if Tage is going top corner far side, if he doesn't hit it, that puck's coming around and it's either going to be out or you're going to trap it on the wall, keep it in, or at least have a shot to do that. So for me, Tage needs to just keep shooting the puck. Um, you're shooting the puck at 99 or close to 100 miles an hour. Do it. Rip it. Let it go. Um, if I had that talent, I'd be whipping it by the goaltender's ear early in the game often, and I'd try to get him flinching in any possible way, much like a lacrosse game. But um, you know, for me, Tage, shoot, and maybe that opens other things up as well. If they're going to back off because you're shooting, it gives you more ice to maybe walk in and do some of those things that you were accustomed to doing last year. Dan Dunleavy joining me here on the West Her Hotline. All right, let's take a look at the goaltending, I think, going into the year. Now, if you would have said to me, of the three guys, one of them is going to kind of emerge as the number one. I think I would have picked UPL as the third guy on that list, to be quite honest with you, Dan. I mean, his ascension as well, but it hasn't necessarily coincided with maybe what some of us thought Devin Levi could become. And I think that's unfair because he's obviously so young and the expectations are right there. But just how do you handicap where you see the goaltending right now and where it can go? 
I promise you this is the truth. And who knows where UPL's game goes from here, but it is certainly on the right track. That was the guy I didn't want to see anybody give up on too soon was Zuko Pekalukkanen. Based on his trajectory to the National Hockey League, based on how it took him a little bit to climb at each level, but once he made the climb, he became a best at his position. And I think we're seeing now where he's made the climb in understanding the National Hockey League in where to play the position, how to play position, and how to play it aggressive, kind of a passive-aggressive approach where he's not um, jumping around the crease to make saves. He's just there. There's times they're going to get beat, whether it's a low glove or top shelf, whatever's going to happen. But for the majority of the shots, he's there. He's anticipating the play. And for me, when I see Lucan making stops, and this is the same pretty much for every goaltender, and I know you understand this, when they're making those stops and they're on the edge of the blue paint and they're not backed into the net, that to me just shows a confidence that they're starting to read shooters, they're starting to read plays. So to me, it's not a surprise that Lukanen's done this. I think he's done it throughout his entire career. It's obviously the hardest step to take. Um, but, you know, he had to wait for the opportunity. Obviously, you mentioned the Devin Levi situation. Devin came into the league, and he took the city by storm, and he earned every opportunity that he got based on how he was playing. And the thing that I like about Devin is his attitude away from the game as well. I mean, this guy is dialed in. Mm-hmm. And I think I really do subscribe to, without being a general manager or coach, I subscribe to Devin Levi playing as much hockey as possible over the next half of the season. And if that means it's Rochester, that means it's Rochester. Let him play. Let him feel like Superman. Let him feel confident. Let him feel invincible. Let him get everything that you want in that position in his head and then see where you go from there. And at the same time, you know, you've seen what that's done for Lucan and you just want to kind of keep that role going there. So um, we'll see how they handle the position down the road here. I'm sure there'll be ups and downs between Rochester and, and the Sabres. But uh, right now, UPL, Love what I'm seeing, and Devin Levi, go dominate. That's that's where I see it. Let's uh, look big picture a little bit. They have yeah. a lot of their core pieces under contract, right? They gave out some contracts last year. The one that's coming up is Casey Middlestad. He's the team's leading yeah. point scorer right now. We've seen a jump in his game. How important yeah. is he to this roster, to the core, and how do you handle that situation with him being an RFA, do you think? In terms of puck possession, I know you look at possession numbers in the NFL. In terms of puck possession and winning the puck off of board battles, which is uh, 80% of the National Hockey League, uh, you watch a game and just look at the majority of the game where it's played. It's the battles on the wall. And Casey Middlestad has realized a strength in his game, and that is it. So when there's a puck battle on the wall, just think of the number of times you see Casey as the guy that comes away with it. He came into the league wanting to be a goal scorer, as as all shooters do, right? Um and then you start to realize, what, or you start to go through a phase of, what is my role here if I'm not filling the net? Casey, I think, has realized his role. I, I don't want to say he's settled into it, but there's an understanding of what his strengths are. And he's more often the guy to win that battle, look for line mates, distribute the puck. So to me, that is an important uh, avenue for this hockey team going forward because you need the puck, first of all, and you got to have someone that can get it to the guys, whether it's Tage, whether it's Skinner, whether it's Alex Tuck, whether it's Quinn, whether it's Paterka. Um, you got to have a mucker on the wall that's going to come away with those pucks. Otherwise, you're going to look down the road and think, oh, we need one of those guys. So did it take a while for Casey to evolve into this role? 100%. Uh, would it be fair for some people to think, hey, Casey's been here for a while. Uh, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing if he got an opportunity somewhere else and the Sabres look for some other kind of dynamic. 
I wouldn't blame the opinion. I wouldn't agree with it. I also like that there's a fire and competitiveness between guys like Casey and Rasmus Dahlin who are close, but they bring out a dog in one another that not a lot of people see. Uh, that dog comes out of practice and away from the rink. I know Casey's kind of a mild-mannered, and when he talks, there's, you know, there's not a lot of fire and brimstone from him, but there's a real competitor in there. He's a feisty guy, and I like it. Uh, and I think he and Ras really kind of bring that out in one another. So I like him. I would you know, hope that they can keep him around for every, every reason I just mentioned. Uh, if they decide that, you know, and if Casey decides too, you know, it's a two-sided story here that there's another path to be taken, then so be it. What If we do get Kulik up here for Jack Quinn, yeah. what have you seen from him in, in the short stint or even the time you've watched him in Rochester? Yeah, uh, someone who's trying to find their way, I think. Um, you know, you come out of a World Junior Tournament, and again, amongst your peers who are your age, uh, it's a little bit easier to be a boss. And then you get to the American Hockey League and certainly the NHL, but let's stick with the American Hockey League as professional hockey. A lot of people think about being sent down to the AHL. You're, st- you're playing professional hockey against guys who have been in the NHL and guys who are, who are fighting again like dogs to get up here. So it's, it's not an easy league, even though some people want to make you think it is. And what I've seen is a guy who's just kind of coming off of that World Junior Tournament and trying to find out how to have that same vibe or mojo at the professional level. And I think at times that's not been the, um, I don't want to say not the easiest thing, but it's certainly been a bit of the puzzle that he's been trying to figure out. So is the game there? hundred um, percent. I haven't seen how much, I'm going to assume he puts a ton of work into it because I know the coaching staff down there, but a lot of it really does come the same as in your game and in football. It's the preparation before the game. How have you prepared yourself to play the game tonight? And how are you, how are you handling the moments when you don't have the puck? That's the big thing for hockey. You know, we just talked about Casey Middlestat. So I, I haven't seen enough about Yuri when he doesn't have the puck. Obviously, when he has it, he can score. Um, but I would be uh, very much on side with him being, if they want to call somebody up here with the absence of, of Jack Quinn, I would be very much okay with giving him, uh, you know, more than just a two- or three-game run uh, with a spot perhaps on a line like that and just let him be himself. Obviously, there's defensive responsibilities in this game at this level that you have to be quicker on and understanding of. But let him let him go find it a little bit here. Um, well, you've got a few weeks to do that. I would certainly, personally, like to see it. Um, if it doesn't happen, you've got other guys, obviously Benson or whoever you want to slot in there. But uh, I'm, I'm a fan of seeing Kulik for a few more games at the NHL level to see what he's got here. All right, let's talk league. In the East, what mm-hmm. team? Give me a team that you think has been playing above what you thought they would in their expectations and a team that kind of hasn't gotten there yet that we need to keep an eye on. <laughs> okay, well, Buffalo is the latter one. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, and I mean it. I mean, you, yes, I think you ask right. anybody in the Eastern Conference, I agree. who's the team that hasn't given you what you thought? I mean, yep. you ordered the sandwich and where's the meat? Everyone's still waiting for that, you know, that whack of meat in the Buffalo sandwich. So, I'm going to answer that even though this is a Buffalo interview, but the team, uh, I think that for me, I just continue to think, holy cow, look what he's getting out of him is the Philadelphia Flyers. Sure. Um, You know, obviously they're playing a really committed style of hockey. Um, Coach Tortorella is holding guys accountable. And I think, listen, this is coming from a Tortorella fan, and I know the entirety of his career. Um, But the reason I'm a fan of him is because, he demands a certain level of compete and commitment to how to do your job. It's not unlike coaches you deal with on a daily basis in the NFL. Yep. 
Um, if you don't bring that compete, if you don't come to do your job, then John Tortorella is going to let you know. It could be through benching, ice time. It can be through um, a stint in the American Hockey League, if at all possible. And I just like the way he's handled the team this year. I like the way he's not specifically called out players um, for a reason to a fault of the team's performance, but more so of a, uh, I remember, I can't forget, I can't remember the, the player at the moment, um, but it was just a few weeks ago how he mentioned, you know, uh, well, you, you did this to so-and-so, what was the reason for it? He said, well, I really felt he reached a plateau here and I need him to get above that. So we're, we're going to work with him on that, but we're going to do it this way. So to me, that's coaching. You know, it's not giving up on a guy. It's coaching a guy. So the Flyers, for me, are the surprise team. Um, the not surprise part is just it's people say John Tortora has a shelf life. Yeah. If if so, then the shelf life <laughs> is perfect timing for Philly. Nobody expected this from the Flyers. Are Nobody the, predicted this at all. Are the Toronto Maple Leafs built well enough to win a Stanley Cup this year? I don't see it just because there's too many questions in net for them. And I think defensively, there are based on games that we've seen and games that I've watched fair enough to away from the game, uh, our own games mm-hmm. that there are still defensive holes in their game that when it gets to playoff time, if you do shut down Matthews and Marner, um, then you're relying on Tavares, which is fine, but he's not, you know, the spring chicken would be the term, I guess anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to need a lot of gas in the tank come that time. So it's, as you know, it's a different style of game. You know, it's the one league, I, I don't know if people would say it about the NBA, but when you get to NHL hockey playoff time, mm-hmm. it's 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 a completely different league. Yeah, that's right. From yeah. what yeah. from You know, the league doesn't want to hear me say it, but it's from what is perceived to be called and what is not called to what you can get away with to the battles. Um, all the things that happen in playoff hockey just change. And for the Toronto Maple Leafs, do they have guys that can score a ton? Yep. Uh, are a couple of them simply amazing? Yep. Do they have a totality of a team that can win a Stanley Cup? And that depth, um, I'm not 100% sure on that. Speaking of Toronto, this weekend is the All-Star Game, the skills competition oh. up there. Are you are you an All-Star skills guy, game guy? Like, how much are you going to be you know dialed into this? You know what? It's interesting you say that because years ago when I worked at the Fan in Toronto, mm-hmm. and we used to talk about this all the time, and I said, you know what? I'm just not into the All-Star Game anymore. And then I said, hey, dummy you're not the 6- to 10-year-old, the 13-year-old, 15-year-old <laughs> right. kid, right? That's what these events are built for. That's who they're built for. And they're built for sponsors, yeah. uh, which we desperately need and love in all of our sports. Um, but at the end of the day, kids don't care. We care. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about game plans. We talk about goals above expected. We talk about saves above expected. Um, you know, you're talking about running routes and who ran the proper route, and rightfully so, because that's all part of the game. The kids want to see Josh Allen. The kids want to see, right. right, if he's healthy, Gabe Davis. They want to see Stefan Diggs. The kids want to see Rasmus Dahlin and Dylan Cousins and Quinn and Paterka and Jeff Skinner. They love him. They absolutely love him. And Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. They don't care about the stuff we talk about. So, to me, that's what the All-Star Game is all about. It's getting the best talent in the world on one stage. Go have some fun with it. So, yeah, I'll be dialed in for some of it for sure. I do not take any of it seriously whatsoever. Um, because the next time I have to work with Razor and understand his descriptions of what's happening on the ice, then I start getting serious again. What do you, what do you do this week? You kind of recharge your batteries. You doing anything special to get kind of ready for the second half and the run and get the and get back at it? Yeah, this is uh, this is dog day. The dogs are getting. Uh, I gotta go. Uh, I keep getting a call <laughs> buzzing on my phone here. It's our little beagle that's apparently ready at the spa. There you go. Um, <laughs> Love it. I got Ben. 
I got banned in the back of the car. We're at the <laughs> fairgrounds over here on in Hamburg. We went for a walk around the parking lot because there's no snow here. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's just recharged. Coming back from California, which was a two to three, should have been three to three trip. Um, got another tattoo out there, a bandit. So it was a successful trip for me anyway uh, and the team. Uh, I think two out of three. If they can win two out of three for the rest of the way, uh, they could make things interesting. So small bunches for me, um, but break time. You have no time for a break. you got to cover a – Man, Are you NFL allowed to call just... the Super Bowl or is it the big game? Uh, we can call it the Super Bowl. We can't make money off calling it the Super Bowl. We can't have like a sponsor or some sort of yeah. ad or something like that. You know, I mean, there's all these yeah. different, different rules. But you're right, man. The NFL just owns the calendar, right? It's like we go right into – Combine, Senior Bowl, then Combine, then Free Agency, then yeah. Owners Meetings, then Draft, then Schedule Release. I mean, the NFL's kind of figured out how to keep everybody talking about it year-round and keep people like me busy year-round. Yeah, yeah. And can I just say, um, for Bills fans, as the guy who came into town 11 years ago and lives here now, this team is not far off yeah. from winning it all. I really mean that. And I think, uh, if I can add, I just think it's a depth of position situation for this team um, you know, if you had a healthy Gabe Davis, had a healthy uh, Milano in your linebacking core leading that defense, I think things would have been different enough by two or three plays that we'd be having a discussion about the big game slash Super Bowl. We're not making any money off of our words coming up. So, you know, no, I don't think right. you're miles. I don't think you're miles away from it. I literally think you're maybe one, you know, two plays on defense and two plays on offense and you're there. And to me, that's, Pretty darn close. No, no doubt. And before I let you go, you actually, you, you talking about this reminded me of something to combine football and hockey here. And I got this stat. I'm going to give you a stat of the day for you. You might already know this. I'm not sure. This was given to yeah. me by Dave Naylor. Do you know Dave? I do, yeah. Okay, Dave's a great guy. And he covers the Bills from up there in Toronto, and he comes down. And Dave Naylor yeah. gave me a stat. Josh, this is amazing. He said, there are more Canadian citizens, guys with Canadian citizenship, on the yeah. L.A. Chargers than the L.A. Kings. Huh. That's amazing. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to start watching Chargers games. Right? Ah, there you go. And I went and I looked and it was yeah. right. It was like six to five or something. Was like five Canadians on the Kings. There's like six guys on the Chargers that have Canadian yeah. ties. It's incredible. Well, as you yeah, and as you know, being a guy growing up in Southern Ontario, there were Bills fans everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I know the battle between Leafs fans and Sabres fans. The irony is many of those Leafs fans are Bills fans when they come down here and they they just changed their jerseys and they they joined the group. <laughs> and the tailgate's like, hey, didn't I beat the crap out of you like two weeks ago at the arena? Yeah, but now we're voting for the same team. So good on you. All right, listen, man. Thanks for doing this. I know you got your dogs there and you took some time out of your day. I really appreciate it. Back at it, February 6th at home. Sabres against the Stars at 7 p.m. and right here on WGR on the Sabres Radio Network. Thanks a lot, Dan. Hey, no worries. Tell your wide receivers to be as good of blockers as they are catchers, all right? That matters. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Thank you. Thank all right, you. All right. right. Yeah, no doubt. Dan Dunleavy, great guy there. He'll be on the call. And all the calls, of course, Sabres getting back after it on February 6th at home against the Dallas Stars. They got a lot of work to do. I'm not hoping my brother going to do it, but I'll watch and I'll see. Maybe you come out with a win, then you get another win, and if you stack a few, you never know. I'll say the same thing I said last year about the Sabres kind of in the same situation where they almost did it. They almost got it to the finish line. It doesn't matter who's ahead of you if you just keep winning. If you just keep winning, it doesn't matter how many teams you have to pass. You'll pass them eventually. You just got to win. Yes, there are a lot of teams there. But I said the same thing last year, right around the same time. Just You got to win. Just keep winning. If you keep winning, those teams can win here or there. They're not all going to keep winning like you, right? That's not going to happen. So you got to make sure you win. And then along the way, you pick one off here. You pick one off there. You keep jumping them. Not going to bank on it happening necessarily, but it might happen. All right. 
We do have time for more of your phone calls. 803-0550. Let's do it when we come back here. Sal Capaccio on the Extra Point Show on a Wednesday on WGR. We'll get back to football and touch on some more hockey as well. When any, anything else that's on your mind, really. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L King. the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. For Ben Johnson to know, instead of saying, you know what, let's wait and see what happens. Do I get it? Do I not? He has a great chance. He has a great life. He is an excellent, excellent offensive coordinator who's going to have an opportunity next year, Tom. The fact that he pulls out now guarantees he is not going to get a head coaching job this year. But it's certainly, much like the Lions window is now open, Ben Johnson's coaching window is open as well. It does not guarantee anything for next year. That's Ian Rappaport right there on NFL Network talking about Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions and not now getting the and pulling out of the race or whatever worked out with the Washington Commanders. I want to touch on that in a minute, but my guy Frank in Williamsville has been waiting quite a long time to get on. So we're going to go to him right now and get connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Frank, thanks for waiting patiently through all of that, and I appreciate you. Tell you, worth the wait. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Um, so, yeah. Even the guy that's getting the coaching job or not getting the coaching job, there's no, no guarantees these assistant uh, no. like, uh, coordinators are going to be any good. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, before they 
Um, excited about that. Um, I wanted to talk about the Bills. So I, you know, so I live these games. I had these plays stuck in my head for, until next year. I'm still watching Gabe Biggs score touchdowns in 13 seconds left. But so I just wanted to ask you that, like, the, the play to Biggs, Biggs and and, and uh, Josh have probably made that throw in practice what a thousand times, and for some reason when it comes down to the game, he dropped that ball. It's the other guys that drop the ball, you know. And then I go through the season and I think of how the Bills lost games. Like the game is still out there, but the guy kicks a sixty yarder in the in the in the rain and wind, right? Yeah. And, and then we lose it on a thirty two yard kick from from Bass or like no Norway's been a forty seven yard kick and why right. And is there something that teams do that don't make mistakes on these plays if the Bills aren't doing anything? You don't see Kelsey drop ball. You don't see Mahomes make. Well, he did. Kelsey dropped quite a few passes this year, for sure. Well, um, when it counts. Yeah, I know. Well, let me. I think that this this comes down to me, Frank. I I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I I like how you're trying to work through this mentally in this exercise. But let me yeah. say it this way, okay? I think what happens is we, and I've said this for many years, we get so, and fans especially, you get so wrapped up in watching your own team mm-hmm. that you don't really pay attention enough to all the other teams. And I'm here to tell you. Those other teams do a lot of things wrong, too. Every team makes mistakes. That's why the Bills are in the Final Eight. That's why they've been contenders, because the other teams also are making mistakes. If you go and you listen to a show in Cleveland or Cincinnati or San Francisco, even some of these teams that have been really good, and, yeah, I know they're in the Super Bowl, but whatever. You go to any other market, Philadelphia, you listen to this type of show the day after a game, you know what they're talking about? Missed opportunities. How did this guy drop this pass? How could we lose because of that? How do we lose because of that? Yeah. It's not just the Bills that that happens to. I agree. It makes it a great game to watch. Let me, let me steal a question about the Sabres. Something really yeah. quick. Um, I watched him last year. I loved him. I watched him this year. And I'm just wondering what happened to the team that went, came to the blue line with speed, <laughs> dumped the puck into the corner, went and got the puck, the puck in the corner, throw it out in front of the net. And had chance to go. They, they just want to. They want to carry the puck over the line. It's like almost all the time. Well, I think Frank, the answer is in what something maybe that both Kevin Adams and Don Granado have kind of either I would say alluded to, admitted to, said, or how this has gone down with some questions. Which is, it seems like last year was go go go. Don't worry about it. We're just going to score goals. Whatever happens, happens. We're trying to develop an offensive team here that can understand that they have a lot of talent. And then this year, there was such a concentration, it seemed like, on making sure they're more buttoned up on the back end that it's kind of taken away from a lot of that. And I think that's what we've seen. And I'm not sure there's the necessarily right mesh of the personnel and the philosophy. And they have to get back to that in some way. And I don't know exactly if that means that Don Granado has to change to go back to the way he was last year, or if he has to be changed, I'm not sure. But that, to me, is the overall problem, Frank, which is exactly what you said, which is there is there is something that has happened to this team. And I think that we all know it, and they've even kind of said it, which is, yeah, we were scoring last year, and we were this high-powered offense, but we need to be better on the defensive end. And that has taken away from what made this team got this team to the ascension which they were, which they were on last year in the offensive zone. That's the way I look at it. And I don't know where that gets fixed, how that gets fixed. Maybe this week something happens around that. But yeah, Frank, you're not wrong about that. Thanks for the phone call. 
on Ben Johnson, on any of these coordinators who are these hot names, who people basically say, oh, you know, he's going to, what Ian Rappaport, his window is open to be a head coach. I mean, that is, there is no guarantee at all that Ben Johnson is going to be a hot head coaching candidate next year. And I've used this example many times over the last week, or at least a few days, and I'll do it again. Lou Anarumo was the hot coaching candidate last year. Did not get a job. Oh, he's going to have another job and a chance next year. This is the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way. Then they go out this year. They don't have the same kind of success they had last year. And no one's talking about Lou Anarumo for a head coaching job. I didn't hear him getting one interview. Now, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want one. I find that hard to believe. But he wasn't in the mix for any of these jobs. And Ben Johnson, I totally respect. If Ben Johnson, he will have he will have his reasons for not wanting to take a head coaching job this year, not wanting to be in that, you know, final or get, you know, take himself out of the running, whatever. And I respect that. Anybody, that's his own personal decision. Whether that's we really do love it in Detroit, we don't want to leave here, we have great relationships here, we got a good gig. Great. Hey, we're making enough money. My wife doesn't want to leave. All that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But if Ben Johnson thinks, ah, it's all good. I'll wait for a better opportunity next year. Brother, that's not necessarily guaranteed to you. And we have seen that. I mean, Bill Belichick didn't get a head coaching job this year. Mike Vrabel didn't get a head coaching job this year. From what we know, right? I mean, like the commanders are still out there. They could actually have one of these guys. There's no guarantee here. So yeah, I want to, I want to kind of push back and, Bobby Slowick, right? Same kind of thing. Bobby Slowick, I think, did an amazing job with the Houston Texans offense. And this is great for him to have another opportunity to work with Deshaun Watson and to run that offense again. I'm sorry. Did I say CJ Stroud? Thank you. I said Deshaun Watson. Sorry about that. I had Watson on the brain for that. Uh, CJ Stroud. And you guys know I love what CJ Stroud brings and what he can be. And that's a great opportunity for him to go back there. There is no guarantee there's going to be the same success because you know what's going to happen this offseason. Teams like the Bills, who play the Texans next year in Houston, teams like the Bills are going to be watching a lot of film over the summer on C.J. Stroud and the Texans' offense and what they've done and how to stop them in preparing for them. Now you have a year of film on Bobby Slowick and C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans' offense. Now you have a year of film on, or a couple, I guess, on Ben Johnson and the Detroit Lions offense and what they're doing. Teams are going to be ready and more prepared maybe to play them. And sure, they could go back and light the world on fire, and they could be great at what they do and have all these records, and yep, they're in line to be a head coaching candidate. They're in line to all these jobs again. But when Ian Rappaport comes out and says, like we heard the clip, yeah, the coaching window on Ben Johnson has opened. It doesn't have to be. It could be closing. This could have been his one opportunity. You don't know that. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I just want to be careful on that always because Lou Anarumo is a great shining example of this. We'll take a timeout. I was thinking about the Bills next year. I just brought up Houston. You know what? Something that's uh, interesting to me. The Bills' ability to play offense might be enhanced by their schedule next year in a different way than you may be thinking. I'll explain when we come back on WGR. Are you a fan of The Office? The show of The Office? 
I have not seen The Office. Come on, what? What are you talking about, dude? I know, I know. It is amazing, yeah. right? I, I've seen clips, and I've watched like maybe like one or two episodes, but I want to get into it. Um, I've never girl- seen Parks and Rec. People make fun of me for I that. I haven't so. either. My, okay. my girlfriend's on me about The Office, because I, I hadn't <laughs> seen Friends, and that's like her all-time favorite yeah, show. Yeah, she's, we, show. We watched it all the way through, and it was her sixth time watching it, and now she's like, <laughs> okay, now we got to do The Office, so I'm going to get on that. It's on all the time. <laughs> last night... Last night, I just, I, if I'm just scrolling through, there's nothing else on. I will just watch The Office, right? It's just fun and it's funny, and I remember episodes. And last night they had one on called Healthcare, and in the episode, basically Michael Scott, the manager of the branch, he, he always wants to be liked, so he told his he told his you know employees at the end of the day you're gonna have a surprise, and he really didn't have anything planned yet. He was just trying to make them feel better. So at the end of the day, he there was like, what's the surprise? And he didn't have anything, so he kept going. All right, the surprise is. And he kept just doing that as long as he could to kind of hold them off, right? So I was just thinking, and I tied this in for some strange reason to me telling everybody, hey, next week, I'll have my off-season tracker. There you go. There's the surprise. (laughs) But I didn't want to do it because I'm like, wait a minute, what happens if something – I didn't – the reason why, I'm like, what if I don't have it ready by next week on Monday? I'm like going through it like, oh, I can't publish it yet. I'm like, then I'm Michael Scott from The Office promising something I can't deliver on, Right. Next I'm gonna, week, I'm going to hold you to it. I, drrr, spills off-season tracker next week coming to you at WGR550.com. It's where I put together everything for the off-season, free agents, moves, trades, draft picks, everything that the Bills are set up for, what it looks like, and, of course, opponents for next year, 2024. If you take a look at the Bills' opponents for next year, all right, I, look, explosive players, explosive plays, Josh Allen, they're going to have some really great opportunities to play football in some pristine conditions. You think about this year's schedule and the away games they had and the home games they had. Not that there was horrible weather a lot this year. I don't think there was really horrible weather for a lot of games this year. I mean, there were some games that it wasn't the best. But honestly, like this year's home and road schedule, you had some home games at the end of the year, a little bit colder. And then at the uh, for the road games this year, what, went to Washington, it was not great weather, but went there. Went to New England, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Kansas City. And oh yeah, the Chargers at the end of the year in Miami at the end of the year, which was nice. But pretty much a lot of cold weather cities. How about this? This is the point. Next year, Bill's road schedule. Think of it in these terms. If you want to see Josh Allen launching footballs and having an opportunity with no elements to worry about, at least until the regular season is over, here we go, folks. At the Texans, Dome. At the Colts, Dome. At the Rams, Dome. At the Lions, Dome. At the Seahawks, kind of a half dome. Not really, but even then, Seattle year-round weather is like 50 to 60 degrees. You get them in September, October, it's warm. You get them in November, December, it's going to be a little chilly. It's not going to be super cold. You could have something there. And then Miami Dolphins, warm weather. The only two, well, three, I guess, colder, quote-unquote, weather cities, Baltimore, New York, New England, and even those cities, they don't have to be really bad, and it depends on when you get them. So, yes, of course, we know the Bills will have home games as well. Yes, they might have three home games in December slash January. I don't know how it's going to work out, but if the schedule works out right, you could be looking at a lot of games where the Bills have very good conditions to run their offense and throw the ball. I know it doesn't maybe mean really much to anybody right now sitting here. Yeah, you got to still execute. You got to play the other team. But those things can matter. And they did lose this year when they went to a dome 
uh, in, I should say, not a dome, but went to a nice facility in London and had good conditions on the field in London for that one. It was kind of a half dome, had the canopy on it and all that. They didn't play great in L.A. I get all that. Houston, dome. Indy, dome. L.A. Rams, dome. Detroit Lions, dome. Miami Dolphins, warm weather. Seattle Seahawks, likely pretty decent weather. Half dome, kind of. Six right there. Then you get Jets, Patriots, Ravens. I mean, heck, Ravens, they had pretty good weather for the championship game in Baltimore. Yes, I'm also excited about this because I am the Radio Network sideline reporter, and that allows me to not have to pack a whole ton of clothes to go into these cities that have domes and, you know, being on the sidelines for that. But anyway, Bill's offseason tracker coming your way next week. That's when I lay out everything that's going on in the offseason. In the meantime, I have the chart at Sal Sports on Twitter. You know, they're free agent. They're free agents coming up. It's color-coded. You can see that. That'll be a part of the off-season tracker. We'll have their coaching changes. We have the combine coming up in a couple weeks. It never stops. The NFL never stops. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, of course, here on the Extra Point Show. Joe will be back. In the meantime, Sabres Live is up next. Sabres, of course, NHL in the All-Star break. Sabres back at it February 6th. They'll talk about the Sabres at the All-Star break. One Bills Live after that here on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.